Hey, it is such an honour to be uh, with you and, and it, you know, with your senior pastors. We have, uh, over the years, become really um, friends, really good friends. And um, I just love what God is doing in your city. Uh, I love what God is doing in this church. I love what, uh, what, I'm, what I've been able to just glimpse over the last several days of what God is doing uh, throughout the, the one church in uh, Christchurch made up of many congregations. I love that. I love that we're coming into a real uh, time across the body of Christ where we really appreciate the fact that, um, you know, God only has one church. <laughs> lots of families, lots of family units in that one church. And, um, you know, I, I, I always say to, to people, hey, every, every believer uh, is part of a mega church. Uh, and and uh, what do I mean by that? You might say, well, no, no, no. You know, some people say to me, no, Dave, you know, on Sunday, 50 people are in our congregation. I said, yeah, that's your congregation, but, but, but there are 20,000 people or 30,000 people or 40,000 people meeting across the city in the one church. So, you know, I know, I know that uh, in Australia and, uh, you know, in different, and even, even in, you know, different countries, the, the term mega church is almost, you know, been a bad word, but um, I've got to say to you, you might as well get used to it because you're a part of a mega church. It's called the body of Christ and there's uh, uh, close to 2.5 billion people in your church, you know, and um, the reason that we all don't uh, meet in one building is we can't fit in one building and, um, and we, don't all like, we don't all like the same music style anyway. So um, uh, what a great honor it is. And, um, you know, one of the things that I've um, really, for many years, we, we spoke about um, in, our, in our congregation, um, in our leadership, we, about seven, eight years ago, we, we had this big discussion about um, what we would call visiting ministers, visiting ministry. And we really made a decision and said um, uh, we would only allow visiting ministry in our house that we had a level of relationship with. That was the first thing. We, weren't, we, didn't, we, didn't, we just felt like, you know, the church doesn't need superstars. Uh, it just it needs fathers and mothers, you know. And, um, and, and it doesn't mean that, you know, uh, they'll come in. By the way, fathers and mothers all come in all different shapes and sizes, so they don't have to look like us, sound like that, like us. You know, I mean, I say dance. You know, you don't. Uh, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> sometimes uh, you sing it. When you sing it, you say dance. You know, so you know, we all come in different shapes and sizes. But the reality is, we just said visiting ministry must. Um, we 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 had to have a revelation that it builds. Um, it builds alongside or, or, or in the midst of what is God, God is already doing in us, right? So, so my, I, I feel like my job this morning is to undergird what God has already been doing in this house and hopefully um, just give some, some, some other color maybe or a, uh, maybe a perspective uh, that just strengthens. I, I just feel like um, what I want to feel after a visiting ministry has come, I want to feel strengthened. I don't want to feel distracted, right? Because uh, sometimes, uh, you know, yeah, I don't want to feel, dis- I want to feel strengthened, not distracted. You know, this morning I, I, um, I felt like the Lord really dropped um, a message on my heart 
for this church and I, I know that today is your, your heart for the house but I, I want to speak to you about what it means to build legacy, uh, what it means to build like lives of legacy, right? Right, Lives of legacy. Now I want to I say something to you that it doesn't matter what age you are today because uh, sometimes it's like, oh, well, you know, legacy, that's what people think about in their the last quarter of their lives, you know, as they're figuring out, you know, who they're going to leave their money to and, you know, figuring out their wills. But legacy isn't just what you leave behind. Legacy is what you set into motion while you're alive, right? And and so you understand that that when you come into this thing called the kingdom of God, um, First of all, you understand that you come into a family, right? Uh, no, no, you know, we understand that, 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 that first and foremost, you come into a family. Uh, God didn't desi- doesn't desire just a, uh, you know, a, a, a bunch of robots. He, he, he's sons and daughters. That's what we're being called into. As many as received him, he gave the right to become the children of God, Right. And, and, but, but it's an interesting family that you come into because you don't just come into a family like in, in Western world, we think of family as kind of, oh, okay, yeah, that's, that's mum and dad and the, the 2.3 kids and the dog, you know, that's family. But, but biblically, family is much more dynastic. In other words, you don't just come into a family that started with when you got married or, or who your mum and dad is. Um, you, you actually come into a dynastic line, Hear this. You come into a dynasty, right? You, 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 each of you, when you come into Christ, you come into the dynasty of Christ. You, 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 be, you become a partaker of the inheritance of that dynasty, right? You, you actually become part of the most powerful dynasty in the world, right? There's all these different houses, the house of Windsor, the, the house of Rockefeller, like all of these, you know, big, oh man, you know, this is awesome. Well, don't be too, don't, too impressed there because you're, you're part of the house of Christ. Yeah. Like, like the greatest distant yeah. dynasty in all of history, in the entire, you are part of that family. Uh, that's, that's why you understand, you're royalty. Like, like there's a regality about you. you, you it's a, that regality is supposed to affect the way that you see life irrespective of what season you're in, all right? It's supposed to have a, a dynamic impact on the way that you carry yourself. I, I, I remember reading, um, I think it was a book by Chris Volatin a number of years ago, and the book was called um, The Supernatural Ways of Royalty. And he quotes in the book an obscure scripture, and it talks about three, he said, it, the scripture, I, I don't have it, I didn't give it to the guys, it was three things that makes the earth tremble. And one of the things that makes the earth tremble is a pauper that becomes a king. And the reason that a pauper that becomes a king makes the world tremble is because uh, a pauper that becomes a king uh, hasn't grown up usually with the grooming of kingship. And so usually they're still not aware of how powerful their words are the weight of their words. And so that's what happens many times for believers. We come into this dynastic family of Christ and, and we, we capture that in the sense of salvation, but we don't understand it in the sense of kingdom authority, right? 
kingdom authority. And so uh, in some respects, we allow the spirit of religion or the spirit of the age to dumb down who we are. And it's just like, oh, well, yeah, you're the Jesus lovers and you're, you know, you're just the, the goody two-shoes kind of in the city. Uh, and, um, and you, you know, you kind of segregated to your little, your little churches and the little corners in your private religion and don't bring that into, but, but, but you understand that that's, that's not what we're called into. We're called into a kingdom, right? Even the word church, by the way, isn't, I know it's in your Bible, right? But it's, 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 it's not, it's a, it's a German word. Do you understand that the basis of the German, it's where Kirka is the basis of the word church. And the word Kirka means an assembly hall. It means a place to gather, a building to gather. That's not what Jesus said when he said, I will build my, didn't say church, he said, I will build my ecclesia. Do you know what my ecclesia means? It means my governing council. It means my ruling house. It means my dynasty. Jesus said, I will build my dynasty and the gates of hell will not prevail. Do you understand? That's the promise of God to you. That the gates of hell will not prevail over your life. Will not win victory in your family. Will not win victory in your finances. Will not win victory in your destiny. Will not win victory in your body. So I'm a little excited about that stuff. You, you, you are born again out of your natural families when you come to Christ and you're born again into a dynasty uh, uh, you you literally become a new creation we understand this in Galatians 2:20 it says I have been crucified with Christ it's no longer I that live but Christ lives in me and the life which I now live I live in the flesh but I live it by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Colossians 3.3, for you died. The only way you can get into this dynasty, by the way, is you must die. Not, not, not physical death. You must die to, to your old life. You must die by the Spirit of God so God can raise you up. It says you died and your life now is hidden in Christ with God. Your life now is supposed to be lived out of the dynastic dimension of the family of God that you're in. Now listen, being in the dynasty of Christ has its privileges. It's good to be a part of that family. My, my, my 12-year-old son, I, I, um, I splurged a number of years ago and bought a bit of a sports car, whatever, you know. And my, my 12-year-old son, uh, he started sort of, you know, get, becoming aware of flashy cars and that sort of thing. And I saw him eyeing off the car and he said, Dad take care of my inheritance. <laughs> take care of my inheritance. He understood that there are privileges on being a part of the Balestri dynasty, uh, just like you understand that there are privileges of being part of the Christ dynasty. Great privileges, privileges that we must, uh, by faith, exercise and enter into you know COVID has been a bit of a um, it has been a tumultuous time it's been almost a sleepy time 
Like, a, you know, and, and like in a good sense, there's, there's been some sabbatical or a, you know, I remember when it, when it first came, it was like, you know, actually slowing certain things down is, is probably a good thing because everything was running pretty fast, you know, and all of a sudden we slow down travel and we slow down all this. So there was some positives about it, but, but, but the challenge is that it, it, it went on a bit long, really, right? That, remember, remember that four-week uh, flu <laughs> turned into two and a half years ongoing and and all of a sudden instead of slowing down it, it a lot of people went to sleep a lot of Christians went to sleep a lot of the church went to sleep and 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 maybe maybe for some it was probably it was okay but it's time to wake up right it's time to kind of let, let's put our best foot forward again let's not let's not be like oh well let's just kind of no 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 uh, the, the kingdom of God is advancing must advance see the kingdom of God wants to advance through you you have to hear that it wants to advance through you individually wants to advance through you in your family life wants to advance through you as a community of faith that the kingdom of God is an advancing kingdom uh, you know, there's, it says the way of the righteous leads upright. Uh, it doesn't mean that we're not challenged in different seasons, but the, the momentum of the kingdom is always forward. So when people start talking about going back, I just go, going back to what? The kingdom moves forward, not back. The, the, you know, the, the glory of the Lord, it, it, it grows in the earth. It, it, it fills the earth. There's a forward momentum. And so as ambassadors... As sons and daughters of the, the 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 dynasty, the family or the dynasty of Christ, like it's it's time to move forward, right? Go forward. I I, I want to just kind of take a, a couple of verses. I want to really just dive into um, just just a couple of verses here around the life of Abram. You understand that in the New Testament it says that we are the sons of Abraham, and and why is it that Abram plays such an important part? Because Abram or Abraham, is a testimony to us of what it means to come into the dynastic family of God, right? Uh, and if we, if we pick it up in Genesis 11, verse 31 to 32, uh, we, we pick it up here and it says, um, And Terah took his son Abram and his grandson Lot, the son of Haran, and his daughter-in-law Sarah, and his sons, uh, Abram's wife, and they went out, from a place called Ur the Chaldeans to go to the land of Canaan. And they came to Haran and dwelt there. And then it says, So the days of Terah were 205 years, and Terah died in Haran. I find this really interesting. You know, Terah, who is Abram's father, who at the time, listen, when we're talking Genesis 11:31, Terah is a pagan. He's a Chaldean. Right? And so is Abram, by the way. The entire family of Abram at that time, they're not, they're not, you know, they're not the sons of Israel. They are Chaldeans. And, you know, they they worship the moon god, right? They're the they're the they're the ancient world new ages. And and in the midst of 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 this um, this family, Terah picks up something of a prophetic destiny that is that is wrapped up in his in his lineage and it, it, he does it as an unbeliever i want you to hear this he does there's a prophetic like there's almost like 
There's a divine hand in the life of Terah and God doesn't have to wait for Terah to, to, to surrender his life. Like God's at work. Well, what I'm trying to say to you is um, nothing of where you are is by accident. There's divine providence in your lineage. And you go, well, David, you don't know my lineage. Well, okay, this, this is a family of, of new ages. These are moon worshippers. Right, And yet in the midst of that, there's the divine hand of God that is seeking to establish his dynasty in the earth. So it doesn't matter what circumstance brought you here. It doesn't matter, you know, listen, my heritage in my mother's side, uh, I don't know if you ever know this, is uh, that it, my great-great-grandfather was uh, from Switzerland and um, he was a nudist poet hippie and was one of three brothers that started, listen to this, my heritage, started the hippie movement in the world. Yeah, yeah, his name is Grasso Gustav, Gustav Grasso, and uh, they have a national day in Germany on his behalf because he, in the time of Hitler, he led a peace march down the, down the, the main street of Berlin uh, while the Nazi soldiers there with the machine guns and they had, they had clothes on, but they had flowers in their hair. It was like a hippie movement right in the height of Nazi Germany. And um, I mean, he's a weird guy. I'm telling you, he's a weird guy. I, I looked him up. He's a weird guy. Uh, but, but nevertheless, God's hand of providence was in his life directing his steps and directing the steps of my then but then you know my grandmother and who who, who became um a prisoner of the uh, of the nazis and uh she escaped that and then went to you know fled to south america like there's this divine hand of providence they weren't saved she she wasn't a believer at that time they became but she became a believer and came into the the, the dynasty of christ in south america but do you understand there's this just i know each of us could stand up here and tell a story and I'm just saying, here's the interesting thing. The story never begins with you. God has always been working. I love that. We don't inherit a story that we began. We, we are custodians of a great lineage, a great master plan of God that is leading us somewhere. That's a, that's a, that's a wonderful thought that, that we, uh, we come into a story that didn't start with us. The powerful other truth is it doesn't end with us because that's how you live with legacy, right? Because it's not actually what you, just what you do, because it doesn't start and end with you. Too many believers have this preoccupation. You, you can, you, you'll know if you do this because you'll know, you'll, you'll discern this in your prayer life. If everything that you ask for in your prayer life begins and ends in you and your needs, you, you're not living dynastically and you're not living legacy. You, you've, you've bought into a different type of Christianity if it's if it begin if your prayer everything you ask God begins and ends in you 90% um, of my prayer doesn't doesn't touch me like as in it, it's not about me it's about my children my children's children it's about my the spiritual children it's about the next generation of believers that is going to come after me you know so so Terah he 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 picks up a prophetic kind of string, doesn't even know it. And he, he says, takes his family, says, let's go to the land of Canaan, which is actually the destiny that Abram is going to bring to pass. But, but, but Terah, as it were, provokes 
this journey to begin, but they're still pagans. I want you to hear that they're still pagans. They are still pagans. Terah dies and the family, listen, Abram becomes the new patriarch of the family, but he's still a moon worshiper, right? And so when we find, when we then get to Genesis 12, verse 1, and it says, now the Lord said to Abram, right? And he says, I'll just read, read 1 to 3 and then I'll, I'll unpack it. He says, now the Lord said to Abram, get out of your country from your family and from your father's house to a land I will show you. I will make you a great nation and I will bless you and I will make your name great and you shall be a blessing. And I will bless those who bless you and I will curse those who curse you. And in you, all the families of the earth will be blessed. When we go back to verse 1 and it says, Now the Lord said to Abram, this is the first moment we hear of God, Yahweh, speaking to Abram. This is Abram's transition moment. This moment for Abram to acknowledge Yahweh, Abram has to abandon his 200 gods. Listen to this. There are, as, as a Chaldean, uh, Abram is polytheistic and he has somewhere close to, because all the Chaldeans do, he worships a, a catalogue of gods. I had a, a young friend, he was a Fijian Indian guy, and I remember in primary school I went to his place to play and uh, when we got to his place, uh, he opened the garage door and I, I, I'd never seen this before. He opened the garage door and it was a double garage and along the back wall of the garage there were just there were just like pictures of all these strange people, like all these strange figures and and I couldn't make it out. I, I, I recognized one figure and it was like one of the classic pictures of Jesus, you know, when he's doesn't look like anyway, he just looks whatever. And and I and I said to him, I said to him, Tony, what what is this? And he says, oh, my father comes here every morning to pray. And I said, oh, okay. And I said, because remember, I'm, I'm naive. I, don't, I was like, so what does he do? Does he pick a picture every day? Like what, what happens? Has he got a system? Like what's, how does this work? And he says, no, no, he prays to all of them. I said, oh, so he prays to all of these, because he said, these are, these are all gods. Jesus was in the midst, you know. Oh, and I said, oh, 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 all of them. Oh, okay. I thought, and my, my brain was like, gee, I hope he doesn't have to name them all by name because she's going to take a long time, you know, like that's, but, but th that's, that's what, that's Abram, that's, that's his life. He, he trusted 200 gods. He acknowledged 200 gods. And in Genesis 12, 1, he has to make a decision. And here's the decision. Will he abandon 200 gods for one? Now, I don't know about you, um, when I wasn't a believer, my father was a gambler and um, he used to play the horses, right? And I can tell you that my father never went to the racetrack and just back one horse. He always played the field. Why? Because he said, because if the one horse that's the favourite doesn't win, I might, I might score on the second and the third, you know, uh, all that sort of stuff. And he, he used to put even a little bit of money on the donkey just in case that one got up, you know. And, and so it's almost like Abram's got to make a decision. He's got to make a decision that he has been coached and generationally trained to trust a myriad of gods just in case one of them's the, you know, going to be the right one and he has a God for everything. And now he's got he's to embrace Yahweh. You know, I know we're talking about pagans here, but I see Christians do this all the time. I see Christians like try and go, I'm just going to keep my options open. 
right? I'm just, I'm going to take a little bit of this and a little bit of that. And yeah, you know what? I'm going to put a little bit of a bet towards the kingdom. I'm going to put a little bit of a bet towards my local church and, and that. But you know, I just want to keep my options open, you know. And I want to say to you this, here's the thing. If you're going to live in a dynastic family, you must be all in. You, you, you know, 200 options, that, that 20 options, that the only option is either kingdom or it's not. Your, your life is either, you're either going to take the entirety of your life and you're going to put it in the hands of God and say, God, it's your kingdom or bust. Because that's faith, right? Everything else is gambling. It's the kingdom or bust. Do you understand, when you begin to do this, see, this is supposed to shape the way that you deal with your relationships, your money, your, your, your time, your attention, what you give your passion towards. Well, one of the challenges, many people go, oh, I, just, I just struggle to be all in at church. Yeah, because you've got too many other options open. That, that you're still just in case, just in case. It's like, no, 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 no. Uh, that, that's not going to work for you. wasn't going to work for Abram. Abram went all in. He's like, Yahweh or no way. <laughs> you know, like, like he's all in. i got to tell you, I understand the wrestle here, by the way. And I understand that because we say, Jesus, I give you all of my heart, but we lie. <laughs> and I understand that. We don't give Jesus all of our heart. We want to, but we give him a bit. I make sure, listen, I make sure every time I, I walk into church on Sunday, I, I never treat worship casually because I know what I'm doing. I, I just go, this is another altar for me this morning. And God, at whatever level of surrender I'm at, even if it's one more step, I just surrender again. Like I just surrender again. See, one of the things that we do is, especially as Protestants and evangelicals and Pentecostals, we, we treat John 3.16 as a one-time deal. When we say, oh yeah, born again, that's a one-time deal. Now, now I agree to, to one degree that, you know, being birthed into the family of God, you know, that's a, that's a, that's a crisis moment. That's a, that's a work of the Spirit of God. That is a, an encounter, right? That's when the moment that you, 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 you uh, say, God, I need you, the Spirit of God comes and kisses you and kills you and resurrects you at the same time. I believe in that born-again experience, right? That born-again moment. But born-again is not a one-time experience. It's a spiritual pattern. I, I, I want to be born-again often. I want to die to, to the level of my surrender and go deeper again by the Spirit of the Lord, not by the works of the flesh, not by, you know, any of my, you know, trying to be good enough for God. It doesn't work like that. He loved you at your worst. Do you think that he needs you to improve any more for his love to be on you? That, that, that's about alignment. That's not about love. You love unconditionally, right? Alignment is a different deal. It says that once Abram yields in his heart and he, he cuts all other options off and he says, God is number one. I'm part of this. See, what happens is he becomes part of this dynastic destiny, which is what I'm trying to say to you. Each and every one of us here this morning are part of a dynastic destiny that has been going on the earth since Adam. What a powerful privilege. All of us are custodians of a moment in history. Listen to this. Your life, the Bible says, in the context of greater history, how quick it is, is but a breath. 
I want my breath to count. I want it to count in the dynastic story of the, of the dynasty of Christ in the earth. I want it to count. I know it's, it's only a breath, but it's a breath. My, our life is a breath. I want it to count. I want, I want, I want that breath not to stop with me. I, I, I want my children to breathe that breath. I want my grandchildren to breathe, my great-grandchildren. I want my spiritual, the spiritual people, the spiritual children around. I want them to breathe this breath. If enough of us breathe the breath, it becomes a mighty wind. It becomes a mighty wind in a city, right? Like, like you know, I, I, I love, you got half of the house and you, you, maybe you sit there and you go, what, what have I got to give? I mean, it's a small thing. You don't understand what happened. We underestimate what, what, what difference a bunch of small things make. I, I remember one year I... One year we, we raised um, we raised half a million dollars uh, in our version of half of the house, and I was um, I was the financial manager of the church at the time, and I can tell you that ninety five percent of the giving units, as in how much people gave, was between one and five thousand dollars over twelve months. One thousand dollars is twenty dollars a week, by the way, and five thousand is a hundred dollars a week, and we raised half a million dollars. With, between, with, with that, because there were little units. You know, I mean, the big units, I'm not trying to discount them. I'm just saying that when, when we, see, when other people heard that we'd raised half a million dollars, uh, people thought, oh, yeah, it must have been the big, the big business people in the church dropping, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars. And I, I can tell you, there wasn't one. At that time, at that time, there wasn't one. Now, you know, we, by the grace of God, some of those people, by the way, I can tell you this, I can tell you that one of those people who's just, you know, just working and over the years was a $5,000 giver. She, um, uh, four years ago, she had an idea to start up a business, right? She started up a, an app business, uh, like she, it was an app. It's called Plan Tracker. You can see it now. She doesn't own it anymore. A plan tracker, which is a, um, I don't know what you would call it here, but we have a thing called the NDIS, the National Disability Something System. It's the government system that brings support to families that have children on the spectrum and, and disability services. And she created an app that helped, helped uh, those families just order their payments and receive their money and all that sort of stuff. And she went from a starting start, startup business uh, with just a couple of uh, just sort of helpers, uh, in four years she got bought out uh, by a multinational company, and um, and that five thousand dollars a year last year was one point one million. She put one point one million, you know. So so like it's isn't it interesting that that the moment that you you just you understand I'm a custodian uh, and I'm in this dynastic family. What can God do? What can God do, you know, inside of me, through me? I, it's interesting because it says here, so the first principle is this, right? Like the kingdom, the king and his kingdom must be first in your life, right? There just has to be, if there's, if there's ever a reset uh, amongst us, the reset is right now that we need to just establish that the king and his kingdom is first, the king and his kingdom, it's a good day to establish the king and his kingdom is first, 2022. It's a good day to establish that. 
The second principle is this. It says, so he says to Abram, get out of your country from your family and from your father's house to a land I will show you. We're going to be like, if you come into this dynastic type of living, you're going to be called into journey with God. You, you will be called into a grand adventure. Do you understand that Abram coming out of his family, he's the son of the double portion. In other words, Abram's family, by the way, isn't just his wife and children that he's called, like he doesn't, he's not called to leave his wife and children behind. He's called to come out of the, the, the ecosystem of the family there, which would have been not just Abram, would have been his cousins. He, he was the patriarch. He was the patriarch of probably somewhere close to 200 people. And listen to this, because he's the patriarch, he holds the dominant wealth of those 200 people. That is his inheritance. He can use, he's the administrator of these 200 people in his family. So when God says to him, come out, he's got to abandon his natural inheritance. He's got to abandon the natural, listen to this, the natural support systems that have kept him in front. And he's got to trust God. I find it so interesting that God, you know, God does that. He invites us and he says, this journey isn't just, it can't be just a journey that, that, that says, I'm, I'm going to trust God, but I'm not. I'm going to control everything. Yeah. It doesn't work. It doesn't work. The, the, he, God, God will continue to provoke you to trust him, that, that, that you're no longer in control. You know, I mean, you know, not that it's just about finance because it's more than that, but, but in your financial life, I mean, giving, right, in the natural, uh, I, you know, we, we went to the bank uh, to, to uh, assess a mortgage, you know, and the bank freaked out and said, you give too much money to this institution. Like, you know, that, that doesn't, like, you see in there, because they've got this grid about how your budget's supposed to be, and they're like going, you can't possibly give that much money to this institution. It doesn't make sense in our, compu in our computation, right? It, it, it shouldn't work, but it does. Like it does, it absolutely does. Why? Because God told me to, to leave, my, leave, leave the natural, the, my dependency, my over-dependency on the natural things and begin to trust a, a walk of faith. So, so you've got to bless those that persecute you. Now, that's not natural. That's not how that works. Now, let's go an eye for an eye. Like, let's get the daggers out, right? You punch me, I punch you harder. Like, let's do that. God goes, no, no, leave, leave that. I've got to leave that behind. What about, what about those that do me wrong? Like, like I, I, you know, I, I'm, I deserve to be offended at them. No, you've got to leave that too. Well, what are you talking about? No, you don't do that. You don't, no, yeah, yeah you've got to forgive them. But they didn't say sorry. <laughs> they didn't, you know, it's like, you've you got to, this life of faith demands all these things from you, right? Demands all these things from you. And yet it's, it's how we come into legacy because either you're building a natural story or you're walking out divine legacy. So which one do you want? Which, which one are you going to operate in? And it says this, it says um, in verse two, he says, I will make you a great nation and I will bless you and make your name great and you shall be a blessing. I will talk about privileges, right? Now, here's, 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 here's the comment. The, the, the third point is this. The blessing of God will always begin in you, but it should never stop for you. <laughs> like, like, 
you understand when you come into this, the blessing of God begins in you and that's where a lot of believers make a mistake because they go, God has blessed me. And, and, and you go, yes, he has. But you can't stop there. He, he's blessed you to make you a blessing. Uh, he, he blessed you with life, not just so that life could be captured inside of you. That life is supposed to spill out to your neighbours. That life is supposed to spill out to your work colleagues. That life is supposed to spill out to the people around you. It can't be, con- if it's contained within you, then, then you've only got half the story. You're not living legacy. You're not, you're, not, you're not living in the outworking of the dynastic family. The blessing begins in you. It's appropriate that you would be blessed. But, but so long as you understand, it's not supposed to stop in you. Your life should be a blessing. I, I remember I preached a sermon once where I said, um, I said, your neighbors should thank God that you live next to them. And, and my neighbor was in the service. And when I went down, he came up to me and he said, you're welcome. <laughs> you're welcome. I love that. Deuteronomy 8.18, it says, <laughs> it says, you shall remember the Lord your God for it is he who gives you the power to get the wealth that he may establish his covenant, which he swore unto your fathers. You shall remember the Lord your God. God blesses you. He blesses you with life. He blesses you with wisdom. He blesses you with kindness. He blesses you with hope. He blesses you with all the gifts of the Spirit. He blesses you with all the fruit of the Spirit in your life. Not so you can say, hey, I'm blessed, just me. (laughs) It's got to spill out. Some people won't even bless their families. I remember back in the 90s, there were some people, I was part of a, a big church, big revival church, and some of the people, some of the guys would come to me and talk to me about how they were dancing with angels every Sunday in church. But I knew while they were dancing with angels, they were a nightmare on Monday to their wives. I was like, what's the point of dancing with angels? What's the point of being ultimately blessed if you can't even bless your home? Come on, like, like, and, and then once you, once you bless your home well, then you bless your family, the family of faith. Bless them really well. Shoulder, you know, like just be a blessing, be a strength, be an encourager. If you're encouraged, be an encourager. You know, like, like take a load, pick up something, you know, uh, open a door, like smile and welcome someone. Just be, this is legacy, like, like you're in this family, you're blessed, but not just for you, blessed. I will bless you and I will make you a blessing. Come on, we want to be. He says, and then listen to what it grows. It goes, I will bless those who bless you and I will curse him who curses you. Now this is kind of next level stuff, right? Which means this, when you become a blessing and you become a conduit of blessing, here's the interesting thing. Those that then come to bless you get double blessed. Because they tap into, listen to this, they tap into the dynastic covenant that you have with God and they get blessed not because of, no, listen, not because of their covenant with God, they get blessed because of your covenant with God. Uh, isn't that amazing? They get blessed because of your covenant with God. But, but there's a protection here because he says, and those that come to curse you, the word curse just means limit. Those that see your blessing and try and limit your blessing, God says, I will limit them. I will limit their capacity to limit your blessing. Because right? this is him being a good father, by the way. This is protection. 
Literally, I have had people that have tried to, you know, everybody wants to kind of get some, some photos up on somewhere, but I've had people that come to wrestle me. I've never tried to fight them. Uh, God's always limited them because, they, because they're trying to touch the covenant that I have with him. And I'm blessed, but I'm also protected. It's good, right? You don't have to be in the mafia to be protected. Here's the last one. And in you, everyone say in you. In you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. The expansion of your world is not supposed to stop with you, but to be, when he says all the families, it's like full potential expressed. I don't know what it is that is the full potential of Harmony Church, but God wants to bless this church so that its full expression blesses like to the edges, to the edges of your life, to the edges of this city, to the edges of everything that's been marked for this church. I love this. I, I, I love that we are part of a dynastic family called Christ and we are called to live legacy lives. Everything is in there, all the gifts, all the, all the blessing, natural, spiritual, supernatural, all your talents, all your, the, the businesses, all the workplaces, all the families. Like, like this, is, see, this, is, this is the ecosystem that you are creating here as you come into oneness, as you, as you all press into kingdom, you create a vortex, right? You create a vortex. People coming in are blessed, they're blessed because they touch your covenant. They touch your covenant with God in the city. And even your enemies are limited. Doesn't mean they don't touch you. They just can't, but, but in their touching you, they bless you. Sometimes when your enemies touch you, all they do is sharpen you and annoy you, but sharpen you, you know. Would you stand with me this morning? I'd like to, I, I just, you know, as I've been saying this, I can just, I feel like there's just like an anointing. I mean, you've been hearing me and you've been, you know, your spirit's been hearing me, but I just feel like there's an anointing around this thought of legacy and dynasty and blessed, like I'm, I'm blessed, you know, like I, I am. And you say, but Dave, do you know all my circumstances? No, you're blessed in the midst of that. Even the hard things, it's just a season. It's just a moment. You're blessed. Like the, the, did you think Abram didn't have any family problems? He's got, a, he's, he's got a nephew whose name's Lot, which means false vision, who he's about to have a major issue with in the next chapter. Like, like Abram's got family issues, right? He's, he's got the crazy cousins, you know, by the way, if you don't know who the crazy cousins in your family are, it's probably you. <laughs> blessed does not mean perfect circumstances. Blessed is a reality that you live in because of the dynasty you've been brought into. So just, just, just put your hands out. Father, we thank you this morning that we have been brought into the dynasty of Christ, the, the, a divine family, Lord God, that, that began or, or is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And, and, and then, Lord, the sons of God, the, the, the sons of the kingdom, sons and daughters that are born again by the Spirit, by the divine breath 
of God as they yield their lives to you. And we declare, Lord, you said that we come into New Covenant, New Testament believers, we come into the blessings of Abram, the blessings of Abraham, who by faith received the promises. By faith received the promises. He didn't manifest all the promises because they weren't His to manifest all. He set them in motions and His sons and His sons' sons and His sons' sons' sons. And we, we Lord, are part of that spiritual lineage. We are literally outworking these blessings into Christ church in 2022 through this great family with this harmony family in this city. And so, Father, I just declare right now in every, in every every home, every person, every family unit, every business represented, every workplace, every career, every destiny here, I declare that You are blessed. I declare that You are highly favoured. I declare that the resources of heaven are upon Your life. I declare that the fullness of the Spirit is upon You. I declare that divine wisdom, divine power, divine strength, divine glory is Yours today. I declare that things are shifting. Even now, circumstances that have been lodged and have been waiting for You to stand up, waiting for You to declare, I'm blessed. Even as they, even as those thoughts come to You this week about, oh, what about this circumstance and that circumstance? I challenge you to declare your dynastic blessing. I'm blessed in the midst of that. Oh, there's a shortage here. I'm blessed in the midst of this. I'm overflowing. The goodness of God is towards me. Oh, there's drama in relationships. I'm blessed. There is order in my house. There is healing in these relationships. Oh, there's a challenge in my body. I'm healed. I'm blessed. I have divine health activated inside of me. I have the miracle working power of God working inside of my life. I'm blessed. Can you say that with your mouth? I am blessed. You're part of a dynastic family and you are blessed in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, this morning, if you're here or online, maybe maybe you're visiting, maybe, I don't know, maybe you know the Lord, or, you know, maybe you, you wouldn't be here if you weren't curious or investigating, but maybe you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Maybe you, can, you can't say, you said, David, I'm not, uh, I, I'm not in that, I'm not in the family. I, I want to be, I, I, I want to walk in the love of God. I want to know the love of God. I, I, I don't know. I, I don't know God like that, but I want to. Well, this morning, I want to give you an opportunity quickly this morning to just make a decision that says, you know what, I, I, I need to be born again. I, I need to give my heart to Jesus. I need, to, I need to surrender my life. Would you just close your eyes for a moment? If you're here or online and that's you and you say, you know what, I've never given my life to Jesus Christ. I've never surrendered. I, I'm trying to, you know, I'm kind of like Abram before he, he answered God or, or you know, I, I still try to, I've been trying to keep all my options open. But this morning I'm convinced that I only need one option and that is Jesus Christ to be my Lord and my Saviour. Then I, 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 I just, if you're here in the building, why don't you just raise your hand and say, Dave, that's me. Uh, that's me. I, I need to do that. I'm, I'm doing that this morning. Online, if you're doing that, I just want you to just in your heart say, yes, I need Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. I want to lead us in a prayer, whether you're online or in this service, maybe we can all pray this prayer. And whether you've raised your hand or not, but if you've made that decision, you say, you know what, this morning, it's my morning. Here's the prayer. Dear Lord Jesus, this morning, I, I come to you. God, I, I'm, I'm sick of living life my own way. 
I, I release control. My sense of control of trying to do things my own way. And I receive your divine life. I repent of my sins, of my shortcomings, of the things that I've done against you. And I ask for your forgiveness and for your love to overwhelm those things. I believe you died on the cross, rose on the third day, ascended to heaven, and now are my Lord. Fill me with your spirit. Change me from the inside out. In Jesus' name, amen.